0: I الله going والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن am going to say that I 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 am going to all right, inshaAllah, this is the first lesson that we are going to have in the explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed. In the explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed, the book of Tawheed by Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab. And we just have to be, I mean, just the heads up, subhanAllah, these are the, where many of Ahl al and Ahl ahwa these are the people that call, مثلا, they use the derogatory name Wahhabi. If you've heard this derogatory name, this is the person that they're referring to. This is the Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. And Subhanallah, before we judge anyone, before we judge anyone, we look at their contents, what they say and what they write, what they say and what they write. And for, for example, an historical figure who has passed away in our time, the only thing that is available to us of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab is what is his book, is the books that he has written. And I advise, yani, for the people, brothers who have the book, Allah will discuss the situation with the book. I, yani, I advise the brothers at the beginning of the book, there's a, a muqaddim or a tarjama, or an introductory biography of the Sheikh, of when he was born and how he lived and what his, his da'wah was and, and what his manhaj was. And at, right at the end, there's a number of books that he wrote. So the misconception is that he had a, a madhhab. They said the madhhab al-Wahhabiyya. He never had a, a madhhab. In the true sense, مثلا, like Imam Abu Hanifa, he had a madhab, and Imam Shafi had a madhab of fiqh. When we talk about fiqh, the thing, the main thing that he was addressing Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab was issues of aqeedah. because at the time that he was living in 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 Najd, in the Jazeera of the Arab, there was shirk all over the place. There was shirk all over the place, and this book aimed to address it. And if you were to look at his works, Subhanallah, his work when he, whenever he gives the ones who studied with us talaatha usul about. The Three Principles. Last year when we studied the Three Principles, subhanAllah, he wouldn't say something except that there would be a dalil after it. A dalil. And this is our deen. It's called Masdar Al-Talaqi. Masdar Al-Talaqi. Where do we take our deen from? We take it from the Book of Allah and we take it from the Sunnah of the Prophet, and we take it from the ijma of the scholars. The Ijma'ah of the scholars. This is how we take our deen. And subhanAllah, as we'll come to see, when we look at his book, subhanAllah, what are we going to say? All we're going to say is ayat. We're going to say ayat of, of, of the Quran and a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and a little bit of aqwal of the Sahaba in, in his entire book. Subhanallah. And this is the structure of his book. He divided his books up into, the, as we'll come to see, the, the chapters of Tawhid. All right, inshallah, بإذن الله. today we're going to start with chapter number one, and we're going to take four ayat بإذن الله. We're going to take four ayat bi الله subhanahu wa ta'ala. التوحيد وقوله tawheed wa ta'ala, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ وقوله تعالى ولقد بعثنا في كل أمة رسولا أن اعبدوا الله واجتنبوا الطاغوت وقوله تعالى وقضى ربك أن لا تعبدوا إلا إياه وبالوالدين إحسانا إما يبلغن عندك الكبر أحدهما أو كلاهما فلا تقل لهما أف ولا تنهرهما وقل لهما قولا كريما the book of Tawheed and Allah the Almighty said, And I, Allah, created not the jinn and the men except that they should worship me. And he also stated, And verily we have sent amongst every ummah, community, or nation a messenger proclaiming, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and avoid or keep away from the taghut. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said and your Lord has decreed that you worship none but him and that you be dutiful to your parents if one of them or both of them attain old age in your life say not to them a word of disrespect nor shout at them but address them in terms of honor and lower unto them the wing of submission and humility through mercy and say my Lord bestow on them your mercy as they did bring me up when I was small. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala also said, "Worship Allah and join none with, no, and join none with Him in worship." So, inshallah, we'll take this just as a yeah, an introductory lesson. With Allah, we're going to just take these four ayat and we're going to discuss them. Remember, this is the matin. Everyone knows what a matin is. The matin is the original text that Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab wrote. And after Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab wrote this matin. Many, many scholars, many, many scholars came and they gave an explanation of this. They expanded on it, they, they explained the hadith and they explained, they explained the ayat the of the Qur'an and ila akhrihi And the sharah and the or the explanation that we'll be relying on is the explanation of, mm-hmm. of Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan, is he's still alive, Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan, because of its simplicity. Because of its simplicity. Subhanallah, uh, you'll you find the sharah of Fath al-Majeed. Fath al Majid, Subhanallah, is is very is very, يعne, is, a, is is a big explanation, and it goes into great detail. But so our objective is is we're going to address every single chapter in this book. We're going to say we're going to address it from يعne, three, two perspectives. We're going to address it from the relevance of the chapter to the book. How is this book? How is this chapter relevant to the book? And then we're going to look at each ayah. We're going to say how is this ayah relevant to its chapter? Yes. And how is this hadith relevant to the chapter? For the shaykh, this is his method. He, he puts a chapter, the, the heading of a chapter, and then he gives you ayat and a hadith. And then he gives you ayat and a hadith, similar to what he's done here. That's all it is. Ayat of the Qur'an and a hadith of the Prophet wasallam. For the first chapter that he said, it's not even a chapter. He said, Kitab al-Tawheed. Kitab al-Tawheed. And the full name of the book is... The book of Tawheed, which is Allah's rights upon the Abid, upon his slaves. That means, as we'll come to say, that this is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon his servants, that they, they worship him upon Tawheed. That they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Tawheed. For the first chapter he started with, he said Kitab al-Tawheed. Kitab is the name of the book. And for this first chapter, if you go back to Madhalan to the contents page, on page starts at page three, say Kitab al-Tawheed, at Tawheed chapter one. He goes straight to Kitab al-Tawheed. And then after that, he'll start giving them actual names. He said, mathalan the superiority, Fadl Tawhid Wa Mayyukafirubinad, the superiority of Tawheed and what it removes of sins. And then after that he goes, Man Tawhid dakhala al Jannah Tabiraid Hisab. Whoever purified Tawheed will enter paradise without giving any account. Ila akhirih. But for this one, he didn't give a chapter. He didn't give a title. He didn't give a title. They said the reason why he didn't want this is because he wants you to go from Kitab al-Tawheed straight to the ayat of the Quran. Straight to the ayat of the Quran. And the reason for this chapter here is to show the obligation of Tawheed. Is to show what? The obligation of Tawheed. The obligation of Tawheed. How is Tawheed obligatory upon us? These are the ayat and the hadith that will prove this. These are the ayat and the hadith that will prove this. Well, we are, subhanAllah, the whole purpose of this book, يعني, is to make clear the Tawheed, subhanAllah, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligated on his slaves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as will come to see, did not create them except to fulfill this Tawheed. And he wanted to show, rahimahullah, he wanted to show what removes this Tawheed. For the first five chapters... We're just upon the obligatory obligation of Tawheed and whoever yani, becomes with perfect Tawheed and the da'wah towards Tawheed. And then in the sixth chapter, he'll start talking about shirk. And from that onwards, all the way, all the types of shirk. He's going to start talking about shirk. Because the thing that which negates the Tawheed is what? Is shirk. And shirk is of two types the greater shirk, which completely removes the Tawheed, and the lesser shirk, which diminishes the Tawheed. Where he says kitab, al-kitab, in the Arabic language, the verb kataba doesn't mean to write. Linguistically, kataba means means to gather. It means to, to gather. For when you, are, when you are kataba, when you are writing, you are gathering letters. And then you are gathering these letters into words. And then these words into sentences. And then you're gathering these sentences into, into paragraphs and then into meaning. Yes. For when he's saying kitab, the, the, this kitab, a kitab gathers, it gathers issues and concepts and ideas. So when he says kitab al-tawhid, what is the contents and what is the issue of this book? Tawhid. He's talking about tawhid. That's the whole purpose of this book. kitab al-tawhid. What tawhid? Wahada. We all know this. Wahada means to make something, to make something one. To make something one. And in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in the shar'i meaning, To single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all forms of worship. And we're going to quickly go over the types of Tawheed that there are. And that this book focuses on just one type of Tawheed. It doesn't focus on the other two. A little bit it does, but mostly on this one. Mostly on this one, which is Tawheed al-Uliya, as we'll come to say. Right now, subhanAllah, the three categories of Tawheed. Tawheed al-Rububiyya. Tawheed al-Rububiyya. And Tawheed al-Asma' al-Sifat. And Tawheed al uluhiyah and well, the first one is tawhid ar-rububiyah here knows what tawhid ar-rububiyah is give us the definition of tawhid ar-rububiyah let's just say rububiyah is lordship yes ifradullah bil khalq al-khalq wal wat tadbir al-khalq wal wat tadbir this is what tawhid ar-rububiyah is to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the creation that Allah is the creator and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-malik, has the mulk, complete sovereignty over everything. what tadbir, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls everything. But this is what tawheed al rububiyyah is. And as we say, the Christians and the Jews, they believed in tawheed al rububiyyah If you ask the Christian, who is the creator and who is the sustainer and who is the provider and who controls all the affairs, what will they say? They will say, God. You ask the Yahudi, who, who, is, who created everything and who controls everything and... And who's, who, who, who owns they will say what? They will say Jehovah or, or whatever their name for, Allah, or for their God is. They will say God. Even the mushrikeen of Quraysh. وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ Allah. If you were to ask the mushrikeen of Quraysh, who created the heavens and the earth, what will they tell you? They will tell you what? They will say Allah. But did that avail them? Did that help them in any way? It did not avail them. Because to come with Taw'id al alone is not sufficient is not sufficient, as we'll come to say. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will quickly go over, the al-khalq, يعني when you believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of everything, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything. And يعني subhanallah, Allah created everything from Adam. From Adam, Allah created everything from nothing. Whereas, مثلا, in other, in other aspects of, of, مثلا, in the text, uh, مثلا, in the, in the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the Day of Judgment, the Musawwiroon, the ones who make pictures, as we'll come to see in the later chapters, the ones who make pictures and form pictures and sculptures, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them, ahyu Ma خَلَقْتُمْ He will say to them what? ahyu مَا خَلَقْتُمْ Bring to life what you have created. So this is establishing creation to the creation themselves. But the difference between the creation of Allah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can create something from nothing. But these people, when Allah wa ta'ala attributed to them creation, they are converting something to something else when he made his idol he made it from and wood or he made it from clay or he made it from stone for him to say this is something from nothing mustahil but when allah ta'ala established creation for them it is a lesser form of creation which is to convert something to something else and the same thing with the sovereignty madharan al-mulk none has sovereignty over the creation except their creator allah the one who created them he has sovereignty al-khalq wal-mulk we're looking at the mulk now, yes? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sovereignty over everything. And the same thing with Al khalq where some instances in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributed the mulk to the creation. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributed the mulk to the creation. Yes, your right hand, what your right hand possesses. So he gave the possession to the insan. And we said again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has complete sovereignty over everything. Whereas the insan, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives them sovereignty, it's limited. It's limited, and they cannot do everything that they want in this in this in this sovereignty of theirs. For example, you cannot, as we give the example, the Prophet forbade the burning of wealth. It's lawful mal. Is this your mal or not? Yes. Are you allowed to do anything with this mal of yours? You're not allowed to do everything. Yes. And similarly, for torturing an animal. This is forbidden in the sharia. You own, mazalan a horse, or you own a camel, or you own a sheep. Are you allowed to do whatever you want with these animals? You're not allowed to do whatever you want with these animals, yes? But this is not complete mulk. This is not complete mulk. Similarly to how it wasn't, complete khalq. And similarly at tadbir, tadbir, where where the tadbir has been given to the human being. First of all, that you believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls everything and wherever it has been given to the human being, that it is limited just like the mulk. That means you cannot do everything that you want in what you possess. You cannot do everything that you want. You are limited in what you can do. All right, the ones who commit shirk in this, in this category of Tawheed, it is not common for them to commit shirk in Tawheed al rububiyyah And mazalan, there's two people. There was the ones who deny mazalan, something similar to what the atheists are today, yes? But subhanAllah, subhanallah the, the biggest example that they give is of Fir'aun. Of Fir'aun. He said, I am your Lord the Greatest, yes? And what did he use? He used the excuse of the rivers of Misr. I don't know, I have the, the control of all the rivers that flow below me? So I use the, the, this to, to show them that he is, he is the Lord. See, he is like Musa, a.s. You know that the signs that Musa, said to him, that, You know, Ya Fir'aun, that, that No one said down this, except <laughs> the Lord, Except the Rabb of the Samawati. Meaning that he knew that he knew within his heart that he was not Rabbul So it was out of arrogance that he, he claimed lordship, knowing that he wasn't. And the second type are the ones who, like they give the example of the Majus. The Majus, they established, they said that there's two Rabubiyya. Two, two there's one for the good, one, that, one for the good, and one for the bad. Yes, the one the light and one the dark. And they said, what did they say? They said, subhanAllah, that the, the one with the light has more power over the one of the dark because light is better than dark and this is all of Baatul Saham. But they created Shirk. They created a partner of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his in his Rububiyya. And subhanAllah we have an intellectual in the proof in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Mattacadallahuadallahu mm-hmm. min waladin, wama ka na ma'ahu min ilah." That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not take a son. And there was not another ilah with him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if this were to happen, what would happen? If this was the case, if there was two one if there was more than one rabb or more than one ilah, what would they do? What would they do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in the Quran that everyone would go with what they have created, they would have said, I am better than you. And they would have competed with each other to be the highest if this was the case. Allah ta'ala okay. is denying that there should be any ila, any Rabb with him in his rububiyya. Yeah? So this is Tawheed al rububiyyah very quickly. Al-Mulk, the Allahi bil-Khalq wal-Mulk wa-Tadbir. The second one is Tawheed al-Asma wa-Sifat. The Tawheed of al-Asma wa-Sifat. The names and the attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. to believe that Allah Subhanahu Taala is one. Allah subhanahu wa taala is one in His names and His attributes. Allah subhanahu wa taala is one in His names and His attributes. No one has the beautiful names of Allah, and no one has the perfect attributes of Allah except Allah subhanahu wa taala. And subhanallah, this consists of two parts. When you say that I believe in a tawheed al asma so when you say the creed of someone according to the of asma wal sifat, they need to come with two things. First of all, they need to establish whatever Allah subhanahu wa taala, the names of Allah and the attributes of Allah, what they call tawqifi Taqifi means whatever the Kitab tells us, whatever the Quran tells us, we establish it. And whatever the Sunnah tells us of Allah's names and attributes, we establish it. And nothing else, nothing else comes. There's no third party that tells us about Allah and, and, and His names and attributes. All that we need to know about Allah's names and attributes are in the Quran. We stop here. We establish what Allah has established and we establish what the Prophet has established. And similarly to deny, any resemblance to his khalq to deny any resemblance to his khalq for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Laisa Kamithlihi Shay nothing is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Laisa كَمِثْلِهِ Shay nothing is like him وَهُوَ Sami الْعَلِيمُ and he is a Sami and Al Alim He is a Sami and Al Alim. We know what a if I say example, such and such person is listens. Yes? They have the attribute of listening. And we say, such and such person is a alim. He knows a particular thing. He's knowledgeable about his particular thing. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has sama' and he he has ilm. But his sama' and his ilim, is nothing like any of the creation. Is nothing like any of the creation. And this is a very important principle to understand. A very important principle to understand. Yes? But they, like we said, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is established in the sunnah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a hand, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a foot, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala laughs, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy. The creation, all of them have these attributes. Huh? They, they, they have a hand and they have a foot, and they, have a, and they laugh and they have mercy. But is this anything like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Hasha wa This is our aqidah. We establish it for Allah. Nothing is like His mercy. Nothing is like His laughter. Nothing is like His foot. If you say, if you look at your hand, you look at your hand. And I compare, I put my hand in front of his hand. Is my hand similar to his hand? He has five fingers, but my hand is bigger. Yes, It has more wrinkles on it. It has more hair. But I can understand the difference in my hand between the same species. Yes, or I say, I go across the species. I say, a horse has a hand. Yes, A cat has a hand. Is the hand of the horse like the cat? It is not the same. It is not the same. It is different. But if we can understand this in the khalq, then it is more understandable with the khaliq. It is more understandable with the khaliq. And we do not ask how it is. We do not ask how it is. And then we said those who commit shirk in this category, they're either the mu'attila or mushabbiha. The mu'attila or the mushabbiha. The mu'attila said, no, 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot have a hand. Because this is what? Because this is now making him resemble the creation. Allah cannot have a hand. Allah cannot have a foot. So they fled from one thing and they fell into another one. They fled from a tashbih and what did they fall into? Something even worse. Al They said, no, Allah doesn't have this. It's not possible for him to have this. And like we said, He does have a foot, but we don't know how. We don't know what this foot is, the nature of this foot. And we do not ask. Because Allah says, And the other ones are, the ones that affirm these attributes, the ones who committed shirk in this in this in this category, the ones who affirm these attributes, but they say that there's a resemblance between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say مثلا, the foot of Allah or مثلا, or Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala resembles an old man with a white beard, well billah Or something like this. They gave the creation similar attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they said Allah resembles his creation. Well billah And then the last one, and this is the most important one, is Tawheed al uluhiyya Tawheed al-Uluhiyya, and this is what we said the the main subject matter of this book is all about. It's all about Tawheed al-Uluhiyya. Tawheed al-Uluhiyya. And Tawheed al-Uluhiyya is essentially the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your worship. That you only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And when we say Tawheed al-Uluhiyya, it is in regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves the Uluhiyya. Because when we're talking about ourselves, we talk about Tawheed al Ibadah. Tawheed al Ibadah, because we are the ones that are performing the Ibadah. And our Ibadah must only be upon Tawheed. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves the uluhiyya. When we're talking about Tawheed al we're talking about the haqq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we're talking about the creation, we are talking about Tawheed al Ibadah, which is the worship itself. And essentially, as we said, is to, 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 you know, to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With all forms of worship as he has prescribed out of love and out of glorification, as we'll come to say, inshallah. We said, that is it, When you believe in Tawheed al and Tawheed al-Asma'u al-Sifat, it necessitates. Ya'ana, the next logical step, if you want, is Tawheed al Because you cannot establish Rububiya and you cannot establish Asma'u al-Sifat and then go and worship something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is Safa, it is... It is ignorance and it is stupidity to do such a thing. That you establish Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb of the Samawat wal Ard. He created everything and then you go and worship something besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means when you establish ربوبيا and al al Sifat, then you must also establish a- 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 al الالوهية the, 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 the Tawheed of worship. And this as we'll come to say this was the purpose of all the messengers. This was all the purpose of all the messengers. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the books and Allah subhanahu ta'ala sent the messengers so that they can Establish this Tawheed of Uluhiyya of, of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worshipped alone. Alright, inshallah, quickly we'll look at the ayat. The first ayat that he said, this was just a quick prelude, yes? Yani the, the quick cat- summary of of Tawhid. al Rubiya, Tawhid al Asma al Safad and Tawhid al uluhiyya and what each one contains and how the people yani the, the, the the major shirk that yani the main shirk that happened in each one of these categories. All right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إلا what, was this, what did we say this chapter was doing? What's the purpose of this chapter? What's the relevance of this chapter to this book? To establish what? We said it was to establish the obligation of Tawheed. Yes? So if anyone's taking down notes, relevance of this chapter to this book is to establish the relevance of Tawheed or the obligation of Tawheed. The obligation of Tawheed. This is the first thing that we need to do. You want to know how important it is? Do we need to do Tawheed? We'll find out with this ayat. Yes? We'll find out with this ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the first ayat, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn and the mankind except that they should worship me. Yes? We don't hear, we don't see any ta'wheed in this ayah, Yes, we don't see the mention of any ta'wheed. Yes, but think about this. We're going to address this, inshallah. In the next ayah, Allah wa ta'ala says, "وَمَا خَلَقْتُ In your books, "مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ". Allah wa says, "مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ". I did not create the jinn and the ins except that they worship me. I do not want from them. I do not want from them rizq and sustenance. And I don't want them to feed me in any way. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خلقت, يعني I created. And we said, what does created mean? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says created, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created them from, from nothing, from Adam. يعني يعني I did not create them. I did not create them for any other purpose. This is a ta'bir of the of the Arabic language. You know, I did not do something except for this. You you're know, you're you're negating everything other than what you are establishing. Yes. وما خلقت الجن والانس إلا لعل الجن والانس معروفين عالم الجن وعالم الانس. Yes. We're not going to go into the details of these. But the Jin and Ins mukallafun. They are mukallafun by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That means they are responsible for their actions, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to call them. To account for their actions. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create them for no other reason except that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reason that Allah created them. This is the reason Allah created you. This is why Allah created you and you and you and you and you. The reason why you're on this earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا the الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ يَعْبُدُونَ Al-ibadah in Arabic language linguistically means is, 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 is to submit yourself and to be obedient to be, submit yourself and to be obedient. Because when we say ibadah in the shara'i sense, we're meaning, they said to everything, a comprehensive name for everything which Allah loves and likes from internal and external actions. This is what ibadah is, yes? Some people just think ibadah is praying and they think ibadah is just giving zakat and ibadah is just being kind and having respect for others. Fa'ibada is internally and externally as well. Yes. For example, the fear and the hope and the love—all of these are internal, internal acts of worship. And the taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa taala to have reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa taala—all of these are, all of these are internal acts of worship. He says, "Ismun Jam'i," a comprehensive name. Allah, to what to Allah subhanahu wa taala loves and is pleased with? Does Allah subhanahu wa taala love, for example, the taqwa? Yes. Does Allah subhanahu wa taala love the salat? Yes. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala love those who give in Sadaqah? Yes, all of these are then classified as a ibadah. As Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, radiallahu anhu, he said, that whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions ibadah in the Qur'an, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions ibadah in the Qur'an, then you should all automatically put tawheed next to it. He he's employing tawheed because no ibadah, no act of worship is complete without tawheed. No act of worship is complete without tawheed. No act of worship is complete without Tawheed. That they should, I did not create the jinn and the man, said that they should worship me upon Tawheed. That they should worship me upon Tawheed. That means the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you is, is to worship Him. Is to worship Him. Us, now that we know that the chapter is the obligation of Tawheed, what do you think the relevance of this ayah is to the chapter? ahsant but how is this related to the chapter? What is the chapter? What is the, what is the purpose of this chapter? To, to, to show what? The obligation of tawheed, yes? So what is this ayah showing? The obligation of tawheed. Why? Because what, that's what Allah taala <laughs> created you for. But if you do not fulfill this, are you fulfilling the reason for your creation? You are not. If you don't come with tawheed, are you worshipping Allah <laughs> Are you fulfilling the purpose of your creation? You are not. But this goes to show the obligation of tawheed, that Allah taala created you for no other reason than to worship Him. Does this show the obligation? It does show the obligation. Alright, the second ayah fi ummatin, rasulan, This is in an Nahl, Ayah number thirty eight. Alright, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we have sent. We have sent fi ummatin. is شمول, everything, every ummah. في كل أمة رسولا. We have sent in every أمة رسول. منهم من قصصنا عليك ومنهم من لم نقصص عليك. As Allah سبحانه وتعالى said. Some messengers we have told you about, and some of them we have not told you about in the Quran. For there are there were many messengers and there were many many prophets which Allah wa ta'ala sent. في كل أمة. What was the mission of these these رسول? What was their mission? أن الله واجتنبوا الطاعود. أَنِعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ وَاجْتَنِبُوا الطَّهُودِ اجْتَنِبُوا What? Means to abandon. Yes? اجْتَنِبُوا اعْبُدُوا and اجْتَنِبُوا are what they call the imperative form in Arabic. أَمْر It's an order. Yes? أُعْبُد اجْتَنِب It's an order. And the principle in the Sharia says الأمر يقتضي الوجوب الأمر Al-Amru يَقْطَضِ Wherever subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders you to do something, that means this is what? This is an obligation. This is an obligation. Unless there is a dalil which shows that it is not an obligation and it madal mustahab. if there's another dalil, But so long as that it is an amr, that means it is an obligation. And you have to do this. And you know what an obligation is. If something is, 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 is wajib, that means if you do not do it, then you are... You are sinning, whereas the sunnah. If you do not do the sunnah, are you sinning? You are not sinning. When Allah subhanahu wa taala obligates you to do something, if you do not do this thing, then you are sinning. If you are not doing it. Allah right. subhanahu wa taala The messengers, when they came, they said, "Worship Allah and avoid and turn away from at ta'ghut." Abduhu Worship Allah. Ibadah again. What did we say? ibadah means. What did Ibn Abbas رضي الله عنه say? الله Anywhere there's Ibadah, it means what? Tawheed. It's accompanied with Tawheed. Yes? Because you cannot have Ibadah without Tawheed. You cannot have Ibadah without Tawheed. What did we say Tawheed was? Singling out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala بما يختصد. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is specific to Allah, you're singling him out. You're singling him out in his rububiyya. you you single him out in his asma wa sifat. you single him out in his Uluhiya in worshipping him alone. So it's not just Tawheed, يعne, Tawheed and just in Uluhiyya, although this book is concentrating on this, yes? But when he says, A'budu, that means he's specifically saying, singling out Allah in his worship. In his worship, yes? He deserves the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And iabudu allaha wa-ajtanibu al-taghut. Ijtanibu. Al-taghut, what's al-taghut? Here knows what a taghut is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Nuh, inna Lamma taghal ma'u hamalnakum fil Yes? Yes, when the water reached the maximum level. When the water could no longer reach, we carried you in the ship. Yes? But Tughyan is to go past the boundary of something. Yes? And we gave the example, I think, when we're doing Thalatul Usul. You pour the water in the cup. When the cup reaches the top, Tughyan. It's gone past the boundary. Yes? But this is what a Tughut is in the term of the Sharia. The one who has gone past the bounds. Of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set in worship. Anything which goes past these bounds and which claims that they are rightful of worship, this is a taghut. Yes? And they are pleased with it. This is the, the main thing. For example, Isa alayhi salam is not a taghut. Is Isa alayhi salam a taghut? Absolutely not. Although people worship him, صح? People worship but He is not a taghut. Why? Because when he died, he was not pleased with this. Yes? He was upon tawheed, Isa alayhi salam. Whereas Shaitan مثلا... Shaitan is Taghut. Yes. Firaun is Taghut. Yes. Umayyah ibn Khalaf Taghut. Yes. All of these, they were happy for people to to worship them or to focus the, the things which are specific to Allah upon them. But this is what a Taghut is. Stay away from the Taghut. Every single Taghut. Yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, All forms of Taghut. Stay away from them. Whatever they are. Whether they are an idol or whether they are, they are, مثلا, a picture or whether they are this or whether they are that. All forms of tawhid. Ijtanibu. Ijtanibu. The relevance of the ayah to this chapter. The relevance of this ayah to the chapter. What is the chapter telling us? The obligation of tawhid. Yes? How is this telling us about the obligation of tawhid? Of the ibadah. Yes? U'budullah wa This is tawhid. This is tawhid. It's to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And to Stay away from everything else. This is the essence of La ilaha illallah. This is La ilaha illallah. La ilaha is ijtinabu taghut Illallah is what? أعبد Abudullah. Yes? And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent every single messenger with. Every single messenger. Yes? Nu alayhi salam and Ibrahim and Musa and Sulaiman and Dawood and, and and the Sharia may have been different, but the message message was the same. The message was was the same. Here yeah, Allah Subhanahu is telling us every single message, and, and this is consistent. I do not create the Jinn and the mankind except that they worship me. And then He sent the messengers to show them that this is the case. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا قَضَى وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ Your Lord, what does it say here? has decreed. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ Your Lord has decreed that you do not worship أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ That you do not worship anyone except Him. سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وبالوالدين إحسانا أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إياه, That you worship none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا That you do not worship إِلَّا إياه, That you only worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا This is the second qada. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says qada, that means He has ordered. And that He has legislated. يعني the, يعني he's referring to the qada al-shari'i. Remember there's two kinds of qada. Al-qada al-k it's going to happen whether we like it or not. مثلا. Yes? Yes? The earthquake that happens. مثلا. Is this qada'a qawni or shara'i? Kauni. Because when we're talking about shara'i, it is the qada'a, the ruling, the decree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given regarding the sharia. And this is where we said that some people will obey him and some people will disobey him. Out of a hikmah that only he subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَنْ لَا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إياه. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first haqq, the first thing that he qada'a was what? This is Tawheed. That you do not worship him. That you do not worship anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the first. Thing. And the second one he said, what? This goes to show the importance. The importance of the hukuk al-waliday. Hukuk al-waliday. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala قرنها. He associated with it. He put it right next to the biggest of the hukuk, which is a tawhid He started with Tawheed, and then he started with the parents. Subhanallah. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا And then he goes on to say, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And continue reading. إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدْهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا If one of them or both of them reaches old age. And some people, they look at this and they say, only when they reach old age that I need to start doing this. This is not the case at all, Yes. This is more, it's a, a taqid that when they reach old age, that they need this the most. But even when they are younger, they haven't reached old age, you still need to be doing this. It's not even a word. Not even a word. It's just an, uh, uh, to show you exasperation. They may say something to you. And subhanallah, as they get older, subhanallah, as they get older, for the person who have older parents, subhanallah, how patient you have to be with them. How patient you have to be with them. Subhanallah, they come like a child again, subhanallah. They become like a child again. Illa And as they say, dan, dan. Like you treat your parents, your children will treat you. Like you treat your children, your children will treat you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you know, have mercy on our parents, the ones who are alive and the ones who are dead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first haqq that he came with, رَبُّكَ أَنْ لَا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا That you do not worship him. قَضَى. قَضَى means Allah obligated, Allah decreed. So we know what is the relevance of the chapter to this book? The obligation of? Tawheed. What is the, what is the relevance of this ayah to the chapter? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated tawheed. Yes? Waqada Rabbu uh rabbuqa qaba. Al-qaba is a decree. That means it is obligatory. That means it is obligatory for you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and do not associate partners with him. Wakala subhanahu wa ta'ala waabudullaha wa tushriku bihi shaya. Wa'abudullaha walla tushriku bihi shaya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. وَعَبُدُوا اللَّهَا Nisa, النِّسَاءُ وَعَبُدُوا اللَّهَا وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا And subhanallah, شيئًا and لا تُشْرِكُوا وَعَبُدُوا اللَّهَا Again, أُعْبُدُ What is this? Abud, أُعْبُدُ What is it? An order. What did we say an order means? What does it necessitate? وَجُوب Yes? If I, for example, I say to my child, do this. Do this right now. Am I giving them an option? there is no option because Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving al-qada yes he said wa a'budu Allah wa a'budu wa la tushriku wa la la this is the opposite of Tawheed. the opposite of Tawheed is what is shirk a'budu Allah wa la tushriku bihi shay'a the word said tushriku yani to make an equal with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala in a matter which is specific to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. this is what shirk is in something which is specific to Allah this is shirk. for so, example, Allah subhanahu wa taala has the rububiyya. It's specific to Him. If you make something other than Allah have rububiyya, you have committed shirk. Allah subhanahu wa taala has asma and sifat. If you make another asma and sifat, someone else with the same asma and sifat as Allah, you have committed shirk. If you worship other than Allah subhanahu wa taala, then you have committed shirk. لا تُوَاعِبُو اللَّهَ وَلَا tushriku بِهِ شَيْئًا. Now, this shayyan is what they call indefinite shay'an yes shay'an is anything la tushriku bi what they call this is nakira في an indefinite in the context of denying something and this is makes it general yes if you are if something is indefinite just like if it is indefinite and it is in the context of establishing something it becomes general we took this in, in, in the Tafsir class. But this one is, Allah Taala is denying that you should worship or that you should commit shirk in anything. It's so not just, مثلا, in the Sanam. It's not just in the Shajar. It's not just in the Hajar. It's not just in anything that you... It's not just, مثلا, a rock or a stone or an idol that you, that you Allah is is specifying certain things. Anything which is worshiped besides Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forbidding it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is forbidding it. wa اللَّهَ tushriku bi shay'an. Anything at all. Anything at all. Do not associate partners with Him subhanahu wa ta'ala in His worship. In His worship subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then quickly we'll look at the relevance of the ayah to the chapter. We know what is the, what is the relevance of the, of the chapter to the book. To show the obligation of of tawheed. How is this ayah showing the obligation of Tawhid. The order to worship Allah. Yes, the order shows the obligation. Wa abdu worship Allah. What did you say? Ibadah was ibadah. What did you say? Ibadah. What did Ibn Abbas radiAllahu anhu say? Ibadah is is tawheed, The oneness of Allah taala in which worship Allah alone. Wala tu Do not associate partners with Him. Anything. Do not associate in worship with him anything wala tushriku bihi as we said al-amru yaqtadi al-wujub al-amru yaqtadi al wa qawli ta'ala qul ta'ala atluma atlum ma harrama rabbukum alaykum alla tushriku bihi Shayan wal walidayni ihsanan wa la taqtulu awladakum min imlaq nahnu narzuqukum wa iyyahum wa la taqrabu al minha wa ma ولا تقتلوا النفس التي حرم الله الا بالحق ذلك وصاكم به لعلكم تعقلون ولا تقربوا مال اليتيم الا بالتي هي احسن حتى يبلغ اشده واوفوا الكيل والميزان بالقسط لا نكلف نفسا الا وسعها واذا قلتم فاعدلوا ولو كان ذا قربى وبعهد الله اوفوا ذلك وصاكم به لعلكم تذكرون وَأَنَّ هَذَا صراطي Say, Muhammad, come, I will recite what your Lord has prohibited you from. Join not anything in worship with Him. Be good and dutiful to your parents. Kill not your children because of poverty. We provide sustenance for you and for them. Come not to, come, come not near to shameful sins. Whether committed openly or secretly, and kill not anyone whom Allah has forbidden, except for a just cause according to Islamic law, this, is, ha, this he has commanded you that you may understand, and come not near to the orphan's property except to improve it, until he or she attains the age of full strength, and give full measure and full weight with justice, we burden not any, any person but that which he can bear. And whenever you give your word, i.e. judge between men, or give evidence, say the truth, even if a near relative is concerned, and fulfill the covenant of Allah. This He commands you, that you may remember, and verily this is my straight path, so follow it. And follow not other paths, for they will separate you away from His path. This He has, obta- this he has ordained for you, that you may become al muttaqud Ibn Allah explain the ayah in Surah Al-An'am. It's a very long ayah, but the main thing to, to take from this ayah is there's three ayat. There's three ayat, And at the end of each ayah, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Zalikum. As we come to say, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he orders the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, قل, قل الله, He's addressing the mushrikeen of the Quraysh. Because the mushrikeen of Quraysh, they worshipped everything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said up to, there was uh, 314 idols at the times of Fath Makkah. When the Prophet ﷺ came to conquer Mecca, there were 314 idols around the Kaaba. But they worshipped others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they made the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made halal, they made them forbidden. They made forbidden what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made halal. And they killed their, they killed their children out of poverty and out of, يعne, out of Subhanallah shame. مثلا, if it was a girl, for so all of these things they did. The shaytan subhanahu wa ta'ala insinuated And played with their minds And made them think that these things were correct Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them Qul ta'alaw Ta'alaw means come forth Come forth And ta'alaw ta'ala comes from the word ta'ala Means you're somewhere high As if you're calling someone To become, to escalate to something high When I say ta'alaw Ta'ala, I'm calling you to come to something which is high, something which is honorable, something which is better. Qul I will recite to you, ma rabbukum These are the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually made forbidden upon you. Not the things which you made forbidden upon yourself. These are the real things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made forbidden upon you. Yes? Not out of your, this is the wahi that came down to the Prophet ﷺ. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forbidding these things, not what you have forbidden. And when we say, مَا حَرَّمَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ haram? That the person who does it, what? Is sinning. They fall into sin. And the person who leaves it, gets? gets rewarded. It's, it's the opposite of? Of wajib. Something of wajib, that the person who does it, is what? Is rewarded. And if they leave it, what? They are sinning. But this is haram. That means you are forbidden from approaching these things. The first thing is what? What is the first thing? أَلَّا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْءًا أَلَّا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْءًا This is the first thing. And when he said, ما... مَا حَرَّمَ رَبُّكُمْ Yes, what did he use? He used a rub. Yes, he didn't say, مَا حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عليكم. Because a rub, is the rububiyah of Allah, we said that Allah has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does whatever He wants. He controls anyone. He has the right to make things forbidden. And He has the right to make things uh, allowed. But the rububiyya, He addresses, is more, what they say is more uh, adequate for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use the Rububiya here than His uluhiyya. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering and He's forbidding. And this is something which is specific to the rububiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first thing He said... Allah, there's 10 wasayah. Here. There's 10 things. We're going to go over them very quickly. He said, Allah, Tushriku, bihi, Shay'a. He said that you do not associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the general prohibition of shirk. And like we said before, when we took the, اللَّهَ وَلَا Tushriku, bihi, Shay'a, this is the same thing. La Tushriku, bihi, Shay'a. So when we say, La Tushriku, bihi, Shay'a, Shayan means anything. Anything, no stone, and no rock, and no insan, and no uh, uh, wali, and no, you cannot worship anything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it's something small and insignificant that you think, or it's something huge and big, subhanahu none of them, you are allowed to worship, nothing, no form of shirk. لَا تُشْرِكُوا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, we already mentioned this, that the children should be dutiful to their parents. Ya'ana, they should protect them and they should obey them in the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has legislated. And if they tell you to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you should not obey them at all. You should not obey them at all. However, you still treat them, you should still treat them kindly. Yes? And then he says, إملاق, And do not kill your children, fearing. Poverty. Do not c do not uh, kill your children. Fearing poverty. SubhanAllah Al-aulad in Arabic language we say walad in colloquial Arabic Al Walad means the boy. Yes, we say Waladi, Ya'n my son. But subhanallah in the in the in the real Arabic, Walla Taktul Auladakum, Al Aulad covers the male and the female, the boys and the girls. Madhana Allah you'll see kumullah auladikum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the in the inheritance. Lizakari Misl Havvil Unsayin. He mentions the zakar and the unsah. Ba the ulad is for the both male and the female. It doesn't specify one over the other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nah he says here, Wabilwali Dani Wala taqtu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives them their rizq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is responsible for giving you the rizq and the rizq of the children as well. Narubama Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases your rizq when you have children. SubhanAllah. That's why they say when you have children. There is barakah in the children. You see, the wealth increases. SubhanAllah, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking after the rizq and using you as a sabab, using you as a cause. And that the increase of rizq is to ensure that the rizq of these children is, is guaranteed as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is, is looking after the rizq of them and you. Why would you kill them, subhanAllah? And this one, they say, doesn't have a mafhum. Yani there's no, مثلا, you're not allowed to kill your children for something other than poverty, don't understand Ayah like taqtulu min if you feel poverty, you're not allowed to kill your children, but you're allowed to kill them for something else. There's no ma'fum here. There's no ma'fum here because this was the ghalib of the Quraysh at the time. This was the ghalib. This was the, the, the main reason why they would kill their children at the time. "Wala taqtulu awladakum min imlaq, na'hnu taqrabu al-fawahish ma minha do not approach al fawahish. Al fawahish, there could be يعne, a general sin, and as they've said in the translation, or it could be specifically as zina. Could be referring to as zina. He didn't say, Don't do the fawahish. What did he say? He said, La taqrabu al fawahish. He said, Don't come close to the fawahish. Don't do the first steps of the sin. For a sin is, is very, يعne, very يعne, uncommon for you to go straight to the sin straight away. If you look at as zina, you don't commit zina straight away. Always, subhanAllah, you look and then you, you talk and laugh and, 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 and then one thing. So before you fall into the zina. But the Prophet is saying what? Uh, the, the, the ayah is saying what? Don't even approach the fawahish. Don't even approach the fawahish. The steps which lead to the sin, whether it's zina or otherwise, don't even go close to it. Yes? minha wa the, in turn, the ones that you do secretly and the one that you do outwardly and in front of everyone. And this is the worst type of sin. The one that you don't care and that everyone sees you're doing the sin. Yes, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden you from perform, committing these sins secretly and openly. And we must fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in both these, when we are alone by ourselves and we are in front of others, subhanAllah. وَلَا تَقْتُلُ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا <بِالْحَقِّ> And do not kill the nafs. Do not kill the nafs the nafs the soul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made haram to kill do not kill this nafs illa except that which is rightful for example the nafs which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden you to kill is the muslim for or the muahad the one who has a Ahad with the muslimin he has a covenant that they will know there will be no fighting or killing between them or Dhimmi. The one Mazaran who is under the Islamic State and he pays the jizya. You're not allowed to kill these people. Yes? They have a they have a they have a ruling with the, with the, in the, that you're not allowed to kill them. Illa bilhaq. Except the right. Like the Prophet. Illa bi The dam of the Muslim is not permissible except in three instances. Except in three instances. This is Illa bil illa The rightful way of killing a person, he said. And nafs will be nafs. and nafs will be nafs. That means if you kill someone and they choose to have the qisas you're allowed to kill this person. Yes, the qisas We said that if a person kills a per- if a person kills a person, there's three options. Either there's the qisas or there's the deer or there's the apple. you kill a person, the, the family of the of the deceased, they can order the qisas That means yes, I want his life taken. Or they can they can demand the blood money. How much is the blood money? They must pay the blood money. Or they can have al-afu. They say, I forgive you, between us there is nothing. But this one, an nafsu bin nafs. an nafsu bin nafs. This is the first one. wa-thayyibu zani A thayyib is the one who is married. A thayyib al-zani. The one who is married and they commit zina. Because the avenue for them to to relieve themselves of their sexual desire is available. is available for them. It is available for yet they are choosing... They are choosing to commit zina wal billah as a, as opposed to the one who is unmarried subhanallah he he, he cannot control and he may fall into this sin if his iman is very weak subhanallah and this one he doesn't have the rajm he doesn't have the stoning he has the lashing if he is if he is not a muhsan but the one who has married then his, his his punishment is that he is stoned to death that he is stoned to death. And subhanAllah, it may seem that this is something, subhanAllah, great in the eyes of people. But subhanAllah, it's a, big, it's a big deterrent. It's a big deterrent, subhanAllah, when you see this happening. Because this sin, wallahi, it is the source of all fitna in the community. This zina. This zina, when it happens amongst us, wallahi, it destroys families. It destroys families, subhanAllah, as Zina. And the third one, he said, The one who leaves their deen and leaves the jama'ah, then it is permissible for you to kill this person. And then the second one, he said, And do not approach, this is the sixth wasiyah, and do not approach the wealth of the orphan. The orphan is is not like some people think the orphan is, is the one whose father and mother have died. But the orphan in Islam is only the one whose father has died, only the one whose father has died, and he has no one to strengthen him. Subhanallah, which goes to show the importance of the father, Subhanallah, and the, impo- yani the role the father has in Islam. Subhanallah. So this is the orphan. He says, Wala do not approach the wealth of the yatim. If his father has left him some money, do not approach this this uh, this uh, this this wealth. Wala Except which is yani, permissible for you to, yani, to, yani, to approach this wealth. And then you approach the wealth to protect it or to invest this money. And when the child reaches, for the age of maturity and the age of Roshid, then you test him. If he is able to distinguish between what he can and cannot do with this money, then this money becomes his. You, you hand it over to him and the responsibility is done. Yes? So you're not allowed to approach the wealth of the of the of the yatim. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting the wealth because they are in a state of weakness. A person without a father is in a state of weakness. Anyone can take advantage of him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting the rights of the orphan by putting it as a prohibition. Don't approach the wealth of the orphan. Illa <laughs> يعne, to be just when you're measuring and weighing. When you are measuring and weighing, make sure you give the full weight. And يعne, we took the in when he done the tafsir took the difference between weight and measure. Make sure that you are يعne, you give يعne, the full weight and the full measure and do not decrease it cheating or any of these things. La نفس illa وسعها Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يعne, no nafs is, يعne, يعne, can be burdened with more than it can bear. Because sometimes, as the Mufassirun said, that you go to great lengths. You go to great lengths to make sure that the, the, the wazdin and the mizan is correct. But sometimes there is a deficiency without you knowing it, subhanAllah. But in this case, you are excused. If you've done all your madhalan, all, your, all that you could do to make sure that everything is is Subhanallah is, is measured and good, then and after that a, a, a naqs occurred, then you are excused for this. Then you are excused for this. And when you say, or when you testify, make sure that you speak the haqq and the truth. Because if it's someone, مثلا, your relative that is involved, your, your children or your wife or your uncles, you will divert from the haqq and you will not to cover them up or to protect them or, or to get your haqq from them or to get their, so make sure you get the haqq because you have this emotional attachment to them. So Allah is asking you to detach yourself emotionally when you are speaking the haqq. وَإِذَا قِلْتُمْ فَعْدِلُوا وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَآنَ As the Prophet ﷺ said, وَأَيْمُ اللَّهُ لَوْ أَنَّ He said, by Allah, لَوْ أَنَّ فَاطِمَةَ بِنْتِ مُحَمَّدٍ سَرَقَتْ He said, Wallahi, by Allah, if Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad, she was to steal, لَقَطَعْتُ يَدَهَا I would have cut her hand off. I would have cut her hand off. Because this is the hudud of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no family involved anymore. These are the rulings of Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala. Wabi ahidillahi awufu daalikum massaakumbi, wabi ahidilla, the ahead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the commandments of Allah, the covenant of Allah. Ya to obey him by acting upon his commandments and avoiding the prohibitions. And then he said the last one, Wa annahada siradi mustaqiman fattabih. This is my sirat, this is the mustaq, and everything which has preceded. Wa annahada siradi mustahiman fattab and follow it. And then this is the prohibition. Do not follow the paths subul are the paths which are off the straight path. And you know the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi when he's, he drew the straight path. He said, And then he drew the lines diverging off, the, off that straight path. He said, These subul. Upon this, each one of these divergent paths, there is a shaytan calling to Jahannam. These are the subul. Follow the straight path, don't go diverting. Whatever the Quran and the Sunnah says, this is the straight path. Whatever else is according, uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, against the Quran and the Sunnah, this is a subul. This is the shaitan calling towards the wrong path. He said, Wala tattabi'u subul. He used the, 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 the plural. Because the wrong paths are many. There are many wrong paths which you can follow. But then he said, What? Wala tattabi'u subul bikum an sabilihi. Don't follow these subul. And they will divert you off sabilihi, One Sabeel. The one Sabeel of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala. It will divert you from this Sabeel. So don't follow those Subul. They will divert you from the true Sabeel of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala. And then like we said, tattaqun. So all of these three ayah, these are the ten prohibitions which I mentioned in this ayah. The, the, the relevance, if we were now to look at the relevance of the ayah to the chapter, remember what are we talking about? We're talking about the obligation of Tawheed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commenced what? He commenced with the most important prohibition. What is that? Allah tushriku bihi shay'a. He said, don't consume the wealth of the orphan. He said, obey your parents. He said, don't kill your children. SubhanAllah, and when we read this ayah, we think, subhanAllah, these are great things. In our nafs, killing your children, disobeying your parents, eating the wealth of the orphan, this is something great. But did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala start with any of these? What did He start with? don't associate partners with Allah and when Allah forbids you from forbids you from worship, associating partners with him then it necessitates what the order to worship him alone so when Allah forbids you from shirk he is automatically ordering you ordering you to have tawheed in him and to obey him alone so the, the, the greatest obligation is tawheed and the greatest prohibition is what is shirk. The greatest prohibition is shirk, and the greatest obligation is Tawhid. This one is, is is following on from this ayah, Is the call of Ibn Mas'ud. Ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu anhu Abdullah, Ibn Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn Ghafil, Ibn Habib, Al-Hudhali, that was his full name. He was one of the great scholars, يعني, subhanAllah, min as-sabiqeen. When they say as-sabiqeen, that means he was the, the most early ones to accept Islam. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he was from the Abadilah. Uh, Subhanallah. One of the, he was one of the scholars of the Sahaba, and Subhanallah, lazam and Nabi Sallallahu wa sallam. Many of the Sahaba they didn't have the chance, metha, to sit with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam all the time. they had to go look after their farms and their businesses, and, and, and they didn't have the time to sit with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a lot. So when we say from one of the Sahabis, lazam and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that he stayed with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a lot, he he gave up, he found a way of rizq, I think, that he could just get by it and he would sit with the Prophet Sallallahu Another one of these was, مثلا, Abu Huraira عنه, and Ibn Abbas. All of these lazamun Nabi This is why they were one of the great scholars, because they stayed with the Prophet Sallallahu a lot. But Ibn Mas'ud was one of these. But he said, Ibn Mas'ud, If anyone wants to look, whoever wishes to ascertain the very will, the will, the you know, the, 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 the will when you die, this is what Ibn Mas'ud said. a matter which is confirmed and established. And it can be something, when you say awasiyya, it can be something which is recommended to do, or it could be something obligatory. It could be something recommended, or it could be something obligatory. In this one here, it is what? Obligatory. It is obligatory because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? And then after each ayah, he said, This is the wasiyah. So Ibn Mas'ud, he said, he said, subhanAllah, if, if the Prophet, he's essentially saying that if the Prophet, sallallahu was to make a wasiya, if he had made a wasiyah, if he had made a wasiyah, he would have made the wasiyya that was in Surah Al An'am, because he, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he's essentially saying, the wasiyya of the Prophet وسلم, is the wasiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't diverge. There's nothing separate from the wasiyya of the Prophet than the, the wasiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Ibn Mas'ud, he said this when Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhu, he said, Inna raziyya ta raziyya. He said, Yana, the biggest calamity, the real calamity is that the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa he passed away without leaving his wasiyya. This is what Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhu, said. For Ibn Mas'ud, he used, subhanAllah, his great understanding of the Qur'an. He said that if the Prophet, sallallahu was to leave behind a wasiyya, al alayhi khatamahu, al-khatam is the seal. I don't know if you've seen back in, back, yeah, subhanAllah, in the old days, they used to put a bit of wax, and then they used to heat it up, and they used to seal it. This is the khatam, this is what's called al-khatam. It used to show, مثلا, the officiality of a document. This is very old, subhanahu they have, mashallah, digital signatures and, and ilaha. This is essentially like a signature. alayha That he would have put a wasiyya and he would have sealed it. Then all they need to do is go back to Surah Al-An'am and read this three. This is his wasiyya. This is his wasiyya. It doesn't mean that the Prophet when he before he died, he, he gave a wasiyya and he said, make sure that you don't associate worship with Allah. And then he wrote it down and, and, and then he sealed it. But the Prophet wasallam was an ummi. He was? He was an ummi. He was illiterate. And fi al-Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, this is karam. This is sharaf. That when you say that the Prophet sallallahu wasallam is ummi, is illiterate, this is an honor for the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. Why? Why is it an honor for the Prophet sallallahu wasallam? If we say that the Prophet sallallahu wasallam is illiterate, if I was to say, for your average person here is illiterate, is this uh, is this is this something praiseworthy or blameworthy for this person? It's blameworthy. Yeah, someone can't read. Someone can't write. Is this something, مثلا, someone aspires to? No. So if Nabi it is something with blameworthy. It's not something very good that you say someone can't read and someone, someone is illiterate. But if haq nabi sallallahu it is sharaf Why is it sharaf? Because the Prophet wa sallam, is getting the wahi from Rabbil Alameen. He's getting the wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's getting the, the the everything he needs to know from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يعني, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is sending down the thing directly to him, do you need to know how to write and you don't subhanAllah. But no, no one else is receiving wa'ifa. In this case, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's blameworthy that a person should be illiterate. But subhanAllah, Ibn Mas'ud is saying not that, subhanAllah, that you should. the Prophet ﷺ did not leave behind the wasiyah. But yani, if he, he, he gave the wasiyah, مثلا, at the end of his life, that subhanAllah, yani, yani, to follow the, the kitab and to hold on to the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from this is the ayah in Surah Al-An'am. So Ibn Mas'ud said, if you want to look at the wasiyah, that if the Prophet sallallahu had died and he had sent back a wasiyah, then all you need to do is read the ayat in Surah al anam That's what it's saying. always, so subhanallah, ka'annu al-Sheikh Muhammad ibn Wahhabi included this athar. This is an athar. This is an athar on Ibn Mas'ud, and it's related in Tirmidhi. And they said, isnaduhu jayid. That means, isnad is jayid. That means an authentic athar. So when the sahabi says something, when the sahabi says something, it could be an athar. Just the athar of, the of if he does not, ya'na... If he does not say that, I heard the Prophet ﷺ or I saw the Prophet ﷺ. If the Sahabi says, I saw the Prophet ﷺ or I heard the Prophet ﷺ, then this becomes what? It becomes a hadith. But if the Sahabi just says something without giving this, يعne, without returning it back to the Prophet ﷺ, then this is what's called the athar. This is called an athar. But this is not a hadith, this is an athar. This is the ijtihad of Ibn Mas'ud. This is the ijtihad of Ibn Mas'ud. And it's a very strong ijtihad. Because he understood what? ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ after these three ayat, he said, This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you Tawsiya. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you Tawsiya. This is what Allah has given you. He's saying that the Tawsiya of the Prophet is exactly the same as the Tawsiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't differ. So if you want to know what the Tawsiya is, after Ibn Abbas said the calamity is the Prophet didn't leave a will behind, Ibn Mas'ud said yes he did. His will is like the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just read Surat al anam Just read Surat al Alright, the relevance of this of the of the asar to the chapter. It's exactly the same as the, the, the one of, in Surat al An'am. It's exactly the same as the one in Surat al An'am. And we add to it as well that this is the wasiyya. The wasiyya of the Prophet is the wasiyya of Allah. And we said the wasiyya can be in something which is obligatory or something which is optional. And it is something which is, op- which is obligatory in this case. Alright, the hadith of Mu'adh bin Jabal. Kuntu Radifa Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. على حمار فقال لي يا معاذ تدري ما حق الله على العباد وما حق العباد على الله قلت الله ورسوله اعلم قال حق الله على العباد ان يعبدوه ولا يشركوا به شيئا وحق العباد على الله ان لا يعذب من لا يشرك به شيئا قلت يا رسول الله افلا ابشر الناس قال لا تبشرون فيتكلوا وجسكت لك الكتمفردات هي said كنت Radif, كنت when you ride an animal, or when you ride a horse, or when you ride a thing, a radif is the person who sits behind you. This is what's called a radif. Kuntu Radifa Kuntu Kuntu Radifa صلى الله عليه وسلم على He said I was a radif on a himar. himar is what? A donkey. Yes, we'll come to see how this is the tawadu, the, the, the humbleness of the Prophet وسلم, how he rode with the sahaba. This was not the case of the noble people. They would ride on their own horse, and they would never allow someone behind them, subhanAllah. And they would never ride on a donkey, SubhanAllah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This was his ta'wadu. And al Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, ala himar. Al himar here is himar ahli. There's two types of himar. There's himar washi and himar ahli. himar ahli is a domesticated donkey. You the donkey that you see. And al himar al washi is the wild, wild donkey. What's the wild donkey? The zebra, yes? You can't ride a zebra. So when he says himar here, he's referring to al himar al-Ahli. Kuntu radif. And then he says, يعني what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory upon the people. Atadri ma حَقُّ اللَّهِ He asks him, أَتَدْرِي مَا حَقُّ اللَّهِ وَمَا حَقُّ الْعِبَادِ عَلَى اللَّهِ And then he asks him, حَقُّ الْعِبَادِ عَلَى The person can think, يعني I can make a haqq on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is this what it means? That I can make a haqq upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not what it means. For when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, حَقُّ الْعِبَادَ عَلَى The rights of the ibad upon Allah. These are the rights which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated upon himself. You can't say fulan and fulan, they obligated Allah. You can't say this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, No one can obligate anything on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. when we say حَقُّ الْعِبَادَ عَلَى that means the rights of the ibad upon Allah, the rights which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated himself. Upon himself, the rights which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated upon himself. Oh, well, Mu'az radiallahu anhu, he says, the Prophet, sallallahu wa sallam, he asked him, he said, Tashweek an lahu. And yani he asked him, Tashweek, yani atadri ma haqqullahi ala la, ma, ala al wa ma haqqul ibadi ala Allah. He said, Do you know? He asked him in question form. And we said, The question form, it, keeps, it gets the mind thinking, subhanAllah. Do you know what the rights of Allah upon the servants are and what the rights of the servants upon Allah? For subhanAllah, he said, Allah wa rasoolu He said, Allah wa rasoolu so if you don't know, say I don't know. this is the adab of the, of the Sahaba. He said, "Allahu wa Rasuluhu." was his question? Said, "What is the right of Allah subhanahu wa taala?" He said that. Uh, uh, he said, wa He said, "What is the right of Allah subhanahu wa taala?" He said that the right that Allah subhanahu wa taala has on his slaves is that they worship him alone. And that they do not associate anything in, wor- in, 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 in worship with him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the right of Allah and his servants. Yes? if we talk talked about the fathers and their, the, the, the rights that they have on their children, if anyone was to take away this right of you as a father, SubhanAllah, would you be angry or not angry? Madhallan, someone says, Don't discipline your child, you should be disciplining your child this way. SubhanAllah, what do you say? He say, Get get out of my way, SubhanAllah. What's it got to do with you? This is my child. I have to sort off in my child however I want. Yes? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, this is haq. This is the haq of Allah upon his servants, upon his slaves. That they, they worship him alone and they do not associate anything in worship with him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, Haqul ibad Ala Allah, what is the right of the ibad? Is that they, he, does not, he does not punish anyone who does not, associate, who, who, who does not associate any partners with him. That he does not punish them. He does not punish them. That the person who, مثلا, this one is talking about, يَعْنَا تَحْقِيقَ he says here, that the person who does not associate partners with Allah at all, major shirk and minor shirk, then Allah wa ta'ala will not punish him. Allah wa ta'ala will not punish him. And his, 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 we're gonna look at this chapter, whoever comes with perfect tawheed. But as we said before, tawheed, can be, can, you can have a, 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 a portion of Tawheed which keeps you in Islam. And you can have يعne, things which eat away at this Tawheed. مثلا, you, you, you go to pray and there's an element of show-off in your Salah. Does that mean you're outside the fold of Islam? It doesn't mean you're outside the fold of Islam. But what has this done? It has reduced your Tawheed a little bit. It has reduced your Tawheed. And it has rendered that Salah as invalid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept it if it's done for other than him. Or, مثلا, the person who swears by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not shirk akbar, it's shirk azhar, it's a minor shirk. It doesn't remove the person outside the fold of Islam. He hasn't come with perfect tawheed. This is what Allah, the Prophet sallallahu is saying. The one who comes with perfect tawheed, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish them. Yes, so if you understand what tawheed, perfect tawheed is, and, you, and, and you, stay, you worship only Allah and you stay away from a shirk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish you. What did Mu'adh say? When Muaz ibn Jabal Radiallahu anhu, he heard this, he thought this was excellent news, subhanAllah. Because this is saying, if a person understands that tawhid, everyone can achieve this. Everyone can achieve this. So what did he say? قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَلَا أَفَلَا أُبَشِّرُ الناس He said, will I not go and give bushra to the people? Shall I not go and tell everyone? that This is all it is. Just worship Allah Don't say, say, with Him. And the haq the of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if you don't come with you, Allah will not punish you. He said, shall I not go and, and, and inform the people? قَالَ لَا فَيَتَّكِلُوا He said, do not inform them and they will rely on this. They will rely on this. They will rely on this. But the Prophet ﷺ, he said, don't inform them that they will rely on this. And when he said rely on this, that means they will rely on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this hadith, it shows the great mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they will rely on the mercy of Allah and they will leave the amal. They will leave the actions and striving towards good deeds. And subhanAllah, we said the person who is overly, overly relying on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does not fear what the makar of Allah. He does not fear the consequences of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, لَا تُبَشِّرُونَ But just because the relevance of this hadith to the chapter, we're talking about the obligation of Tawheed, put a line under, حَقُّ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْعَبِيدِ حَقُ اللَّهَ عَلَى الْعِبَادُ حَقُ اللَّهَ The right of Allah. The right of Allah. We said if Allah taala puts a right upon you, that means it's what? It's obligatory. What is the right of Allah upon you? is that you worship Him alone and that you do not associate partners with Him. But This goes to show the obligation of, of Tawheed. It is an explanation of the Tawheed. The important issues of the chapter. I think we're on page 20. And uh, what these are, this is, this is the, the departing. Uh, uh, Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, he would give the adillah, he would give the dalil, and then he would do the masail. These masail are his ijtihad. They are his ijtihad. And he, he included 24 here. Subhanallah, you can add some more to it as well. Yeah? So they're not, these aren't restricted to what Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab. Hatta subhanallah, the explanation that we're following, the explanation of Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan, the way he did it was after every dalil, he put down you know, the points of benefit, what we benefit from this, what we benefit from this hadith or what we benefit from this ayah. That's what I wanted to do. I avoided, this, I avoided this because I wanted to stay true to the actual text of Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. And the way that he did it was he mentioned all the adillah and then he would mention all the masail. Yes, and that way when you read the masail, you, you, you'll be going back and forth, yes, looking at the dalil and how it's relevant to the Masala. yes. All right, so he says the first one, the wisdom of Allah in creating the jinn and the mankind. Yes, the wisdom of Allah in creating the jinn and the mankind. This one is straightforward, What is the wisdom? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create the jinn and the mankind? Is that they worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said that al-worship, al-ibadah means al-tawhid. You can't have to, you can't have the ibadah without tawhid. You can't have ibadah without tawhid. The second one he said, worship is tawhid. As in this issue, there had always been dispute between the prophets and the mushrikun, or the polytheists. Worship is that Ibadah, as we said, ibadah is established upon tawhid. The call of Ibn Abbas. He said that ibadah, whenever ibadah is mentioned in, in, in the Quran, that means it's, it's, it's referring to tawhid. It is tawhid. You can't have ibadah without tawhid. Then he said, this is the third one. Those who have not fulfilled the requirement of Tawheed are such as they have not worshipped Allah. And this sense is the meaning of the verse. Wala antum, aabiduna Wala antum in al Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this about the mushrikeen. That what you worship is not, my worship is not like your worship. Because the mushrikeen, they used to perform hajj. And they used to pray. And they used to, do ibadat, but was their ibadat any good? No. Why? Because with this ibadah they used to worship what? They used to worship the idols. There was no tawhid in their ibadah. There was no tawhid in their ibadah. So their ibadah was of no benefit. Their ibadah was of no benefit. This is why I said, "Wala That your belief, when you worship Allah, your ibadah is not like my ibadah, because your ibadah is established upon what? Upon shirk and my ibadah is established upon, upon Tawheed. Alright, the fourth one. The wisdom in sending the messengers. The wisdom in sending the messengers. This was the wisdom. What is the wisdom of sending the messengers? So that they inform the people what? The first thing. Worship Allah. Don't associate partners with Him. See so the dalil that He got it from. Goes back to the dalil. The fifth one, the message of the Prophet applies to all nations. Where did you get this from? Same Delhi. We laqad ba'athna fi kulli ummatin. fi kulli We sent in every ummah Rasulan. What was the message of every of, the, of every Rasul that was sent to every ummah? Ani abudullah wa jtanib Worship Allah and avoid at taqad So the message of the Prophet applies to all the nations. Yes, or in another way, every messenger was sent with the same message, essentially, as we'll come to say. And then the sixth one, all prophets have one and the same religion. All prophets have the same and one religion. And when we say, I have the same and one religion, they have the same aqeedah, the belief system, the creed, the ideology, was the same with all the messengers, was the same with all the messengers, from, from Nuh alayhi salam down to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa from the ones mentioned in the Qur'an to the ones not mentioned in the Qur'an. Every messenger that came, what did they say? Abu al As for the sharia of every messenger, it may have differed. The sharia of, of every nation, it might have differed. So, for example, we gave the example of Yusuf salam, when his parents, uh, يعني إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمْرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ And then at the end when when he was reunited with his parents and, they made, and his brothers made sujood to him when he was the king. Now, if, now this, this in the, our sharia it is forbidden to make sujood to anyone. But in their sharia, out of respect and out of veneration, it was allowed. But in this case, the sharia may differ from rasul to rasul. Or, مثلا, in the, in the, the, the sharia of Banu Israel, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade the fat of the animal and he forbade this part of the animal and he forbade this part of the animal. But, مثلا, now when we slaughter the animal, it is completely halal. Or, مثلا, in the previous nations when they used to go and fight jihad, Al-Ghanaim, the spoils of war, were haram upon the nation. You can't take the spoils of war. In this Sharia of ours, we are allowed to take the spoils of war. For the Sharia differs. But the message, of the message of the messengers was all of one. The seventh one, the major issue is that the worship of Allah cannot be performed until Taghut is denounced and rejected. In this meaning is the saying of Allah, فَمَنْ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَىٰ The major issue is that the worship of Allah cannot be performed until taghut is denounced and rejected. Yes? He ordered them to do two things. And what? You can't just worship Allah and you still have an affinity to a taghut. You can't say, I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I still make dua to this wali or this peer or this whatever it is. Yes? But this is not this is not Ikhlasul subhanahu wa subhanahu You have not abandoned all ta'ghut. For only when you leave taghut, this is the essence of La ilaha illallah. When you say La ilaha, this is abandoning all taghut. Illallah, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the only illah that I worship. This is tawhid. Yes, and this is where he said, Fa'mein yakfur in surah al-Baqarah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, or even starts, Fame yakfur Whoever disbelieves in a ta'gut, you have to disbelieve in the ta'gut. And believe in Allah. They have held on to the trustworthy handhold. Ayy, la ilaha illallah. All right. right. At-Taghut is inclusive of all that is worshipped other than Allah. At-Taghut is inclusive of all that is worshipped other than Allah. The same ayah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them together. An-I'budu Allah wa At-Taghut. So anything which is worshipped besides Allah is a taghut because Allah put them together. Worship Allah الطغط, and leave the taghut. That means anything which is worshipped besides Allah is what? Is a taghut. Is a taghut. And we said that the dabit the, 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 the or the, the rule which يعني, classifies something as a taghut is if they wanted to be worshipped and they were pleased with this. For example, we don't say that Isa alayhi salam is a taghut. Isa alayhi salam is a noble messenger. He's not a taghut in this case. Nine, the tremendous importance of the three entirely clear verses of Surat al-An'am among the early pious Salaf or predecessors. In these verses are ten issues. The first of which is the prohibition of shirk. This one is straightforward. First one is the prohibition of shirk. Allah, Allah started the ten things which he, as we just discussed the ten things which Allah prohibited. The first one was that he prohibited a shirk, and then he said ten. The clear verses in Surah al-I'sra. 22 to 39 have 18 substantial issues. Allah begins them with "Wala ta'jal ma Allah ilaha an aakhir fataqda maloom mazmooman and ended with "Wala ta'jal ma Allah ilaha an aakhir fataulqa fi jannama malooman mazhura." Allah informed us of all these other things. Saying, anyway, this one, he says, subhanAllah, we didn't go, subhanAllah, if you want to go back, we didn't take everything in this one, just for the sake of clarity, but if you want to go back to Surah al, uh, Al-Isra, Ayahs number 22 to 39, all of these are, يعne, subhanAllah, or, يعne, orders for you to worship Allah and abandon a shirk and from amongst those words, the ayah that we took, the second one of the ayah number 23, yes, this is the most important one. This is what we're taking. But if you want to go back, there's no harm in you going back to 22 and 39 of Surah Al Islam and read, and read, inshallah. But we didn't go there just for the sake of clarity. And then 11, the verse of Surah Al Nisa. Called the verse of the ten rites to which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Messiah, begins by saying, Wa abudullah, wa la tushriku Shay'a, And the same thing with this ayah as well. We only took the beginning of the ayah because we, we went into into great detail in Surah Al An'am. I didn't want to go into the details of well Surah Al Nisa. But as again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa la tushriku bi hi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started with the ayah. Wa abudullah, wa la tushriku ila akhil ayah. So you can go back and you can read the full ayah in Surah Al Nisa. 12. We must note the admonition of the Prophet ﷺ which he made before his death. The admonition that the Prophet ﷺ made before his death. And what the Sheikh is referring to here is not the, the wasiyah that he made. but he's, he, he said, subhanAllah, follow the Kitab and the Sunnah. Follow the Kitab and the Sunnah. And from following the Kitab and the Sunnah is what? Is what? Is following the ayat in Surah Al-An'am. He's following the, the ayat, those three ayat, ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّىٰكُمْ بِهِ Is that clear? So before he died, the Prophet ﷺ, what he said was, stick to the kitab and stick to the sunnah of, of the, and my sunnah. And from the sticking to the kitab, is to uphold those 10, 10 prohibitions in Surah Al-An'am. In Surah Al-An'am. This one may not be as clear, but you know, that's what he meant. 13, to recognize Allah's right upon us. What is حَقُّ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ is that they worship Allah. And they do not associate pardon in Hadith Mu'adh radiallahu anhu. To recognize Allah's right upon us. Fourteen, to recognize the rights of the slaves on Allah if they fulfill His right. We said that the, sl- the rights of the slaves on Allah, the rights which Allah Taala has obligated upon Himself. Obligated upon Himself. We can't say that we can obligate anything upon Allah. Hasha wa kalla. Fifteen, this issue was unknown to most of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. the Prophet sallallahu alaihi he told Mu'adh, لا تبشره. He said, don't tell them. But yet we know this hadith. Sounds a bit contradictory, For Mu'adh radiallahu anhu. Mu'adh radiallahu anhu. He gave this hadith, he narrated this hadith at the end of his life. At the end of his life. Why did he, why did he narrate it at the end of his life? Because he feared that he would be holding back knowledge of the Prophet. And he made ijtihad, Mu'adh radiallahu that if the Prophet radiallahu didn't want anyone to know, what would, he need, what would he have done? He wouldn't have told him in the first place. He wouldn't have told him in the first place. But when he said, subhanAllah, when he says the issue was unknown to most of the Sahaba, because Mu'adh radiallahu anhu died in a later stage, a lot of the Sahaba had already died, and he didn't narrate this hadith to them. He didn't narrate this hadith to them. He only narrated it upon his death. He only narrated it upon his death. So a lot of the sahaba didn't know. this. haqqullah ibad wa 16. The permissibility to hide some knowledge for the common good as determined by the sharia. And when we say the permissibility to hide some knowledge not is not ala al-itlaq. Is not ala al-itlaq. So if you have knowledge, you are not allowed to hide it. But you can selectively choose who you give it to. You can selectively choose who you give it to. To, for someone who understands. Or, for in a particular time or in a particular place, you only tell people of this knowledge. And never, if the people are in, no, in need of this knowledge, never you hide this knowledge. Never you hide this knowledge. But subhanallah, like Ali said, Yana, if you, do you want the people to, to reject the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the, the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu sallam the people with what they know. Address the people with what they know. And then 17, it is desirable to pass the pleasing news to the Muslims. It is, it is desirable to pass the pleasing news to the Muslims. Where did you get this from? From Mu'adh. What did Mu'adh say? أَفَلَا أُبَشِّرُ Should I not give the bushra to the people? And the bushra, when you say a bushra, you give a bushra, glad tidings to someone. A bushra can be used in two yes wabashir the ayaz wabashirhum bi'adhab alim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wabashirhum yani the disbelievers bi'adhab alim fa the bushra can be used in good and it can be used in in bad but predominantly it's used in good yes so if you hear مثلا good news which i the people the muslims will benefit from especially the matters of the deen, it is pleasing يعني, to give them to to give them this bushra 18, the fear of depending of the people upon the expansiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. Yes, this was in, in the Prophet ﷺ. He said, <laughs> That they do not rely on Allah. They do not rely just on this and they rely on the, on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the person who relies just on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مثلا, if they commit a sin, they're not going to feel very you know, bad in their heart. They're not going to feel this need to seek repentance in Allah. They say, Allah subhanahu wa taala is Ghafur, rahim. Yes. They will continue to do the them. They say, Allah is ghafoor, Allah is ghafoor, Allah is ghafoor. And they said, All I need to do is I need to perfect my tawheed and I don't need to commit any shirk. And they, the extra أعمال that they could have done, they would have left them behind. This is what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. But they relied on the expansiveness of Allah's mercy and they left the good deeds. They left the good deeds. So subhanAllah, this hadith, when they heard it, that they thought, it was very easy now. Yes, very easy. All I need to get is tawheed right and I need to live the amal. But this is what the Prophet feared. Nineteen, the statement of one who is asked on matters that are not known to him. Allah and his messenger know the best. Yes, like Mu'adh radiallahu anhu said. When he asked him, the Prophet wasallam, what did he say? Yes, this was in the time of the Prophet wasallam. If someone asks you something and you say you don't know, you say Allahu wa alam? Or do you say Allahu Alam? You say Allahu Alam. Now you say Allahu Alam if you don't know. Because the Prophet وسلم, is no longer alive. He's no longer we cannot refer this matter to the Prophet. For the Prophet, وسلم, his, his Irshad has finished. When he died, خلاص, no more irshad. But now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say Allahu Alam. And we said, subhanAllah, this is a very good habit to get into. If you don't know anything about the deen, say, Allahu A'lam, I don't know. I don't know. And the rabbama, as, as some of said, man qala, la, la adri faqad afta. Whoever says, I don't know, they've given a fatwa. They have given a fatwa. If they say, I don't know. And we said, this is a person who speaks with the alim regarding the deen, The rabbama, they'll put someone in the hellfire, subhanAllah. They'll put someone in the hellfire. Whereas, مثلا, a malpracticing doctor, مثلا, the worst I get away with is that someone dies, yes? Someone dies. Yes? But that person could go to Jannah eventually. But the person who, مثلا, dies and they're, they're upon dalala and misguidance and they go to Jahannam. Is there a way of coming back to, from Jahannam? We have to be careful of this. 20. It is correct to impart knowledge selectively to someone and not to others. This is from the hadith of anhu, Because the Prophet only told Muadh this knowledge and told him not to inform others. And as we said, it could be a source of fitna. 21 the humility of the prophet وسلم, on riding a donkey with a companion behind him and we said subhanallah the, يعني, the prophet وسلم, riding a donkey you know, he's, the, he's the Imam of the muslimin Amir al-Mu'mineen of the Muslim and he's riding on a donkey but this is the humbleness of the prophet but Obama, he could have had a horse and he could have had the best camel and he could have had and he could have had subhanAllah, he sometimes rode on a camel, and not only that, he put someone behind him on it as well, subhanAllah. The Radif he's Mu'ad, radhiyallahu anhu. a big king or a big madhalan president, they have their own you know, mode of transport, and no one shares it with them. إلى this is a This is the ta'wadu of the Prophet, the humility of the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And then 20, 22, it is legitimate to have a second rider behind you. 23, the superiority of muadh bin Jabal, radhiyallahu anhu. In firstly, because he let him ride behind him, and secondly, he told him this this thing. This shows the superiority of Mu'adh bin Jabal, and, and lastly, twenty-four, the great importance of this issue of Tawhid. because because Mu'adh bin yani, has something big, and that he should give Bushra to the people. This is the superiority of Tawhid. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa tuhulek, wa jazakumullah.